DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. David Locke joining us earlier in the show. Multiple theories about where the Jazz might go from here. What do they do? How do they improve? Who do they add? You got a favorite, PK? A favorite what? A favorite move. A thing like they could do this oh. and it would help. I mean, there's a lot of things they could do. There's a, it's a smorgasbord, right? But it's always a trade-off. You can do this, but you can't do that. It's a salary camp. You can't do everything. And, of course, anybody you identify, somebody else might have identified. So the well, I just wanted on. them to make the right move. I had no idea that they were going to pedal Exum for uh, Clarkson, but it was the right move. I don't care what they do. Just make it the right move. <laughs> DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Time to bring in the man, the myth, the legend, Joe Ingles. Hey, yeah. This is the Zone Sports Network. Back to Joe and he'll flush. And it's time to hear from the best looking, most charismatic, and certainly the most intelligent member of the Utah Jazz. Jingle Bells! Joe Ingles. Gives it back to Joe till the cop slams it in. And yes, for the record, Joe wrote this introduction. This is the Joe Ingles Show with DJ and PK. Who? On 97.5, 1280 The Zone. And The Zone Sports Network. Time to welcome him back from the bubble. Joe Ingles. Joe, good morning. Good morning. What's it like to be out in the world again? Or, you know, at least <laughs> at home, locked away from the pandemic. But nonetheless, out of the bubble. Um. I mean, obviously, you, you have kind of it's kind of um, extremely kind of frustrating and, and disappointing at at the start when you when we first kind of left and um, kind of were new were packing up or whatever to come home and um, on the flip side of that to, to be away from my my family for the longest I'd ever been away and, and not be with the kids and um, be there to help a heavily pregnant wife um, was was awesome to to get back and to, to have the kids. Come to the airport and stuff like that. It um, obviously makes you realise what's what's really important. But obviously, like I said, on the flip side, it's still it's still disappointing because we we went there with with goals in mind, obviously to, to get as far as we can, and obviously that's um, all the way, and, and we came up short. So you, you kind of back to the drawing board of um, what we need to do individually and as, as a team to, to keep getting better and better. You talk about better and better. I remember this, well, not this time last year, but when the season ended last year, before you headed back down to Australia, you talked about working on your offhand and all this stuff. I'm wondering now, how is your training going to be? Because every year you knew, okay, this is when the season starts, this is when I'm coming yeah. back to Utah and all this stuff. Now this year you really have no idea. Yeah, it's, um, I was actually just talking to Renee about it the other day. I was like, yeah, we, we usually finish – at whatever point of the year and you know like hey I've got a month to, to relax or whatever it is and then um, I've got to do X, Y and Z and, and obviously start working out get back in shape like whatever it is but there's always um, as bar- I said it at the start of the pandemic too as basketballers and, and a lot of professional sports are set into a, a pretty routinely kind of set schedule like it's you practice, you have an off-season, you go back in the season, you play with the national team, like whatever it is, you fly home or go back to your hometown. And um, it's going to be uh, it's going to be difficult, I guess, to just navigate exactly um, kind of when and how and, and what we need to do. So 
um, I mean, we've got a, a pretty unreal um, medical team and all that that oh, I think did an amazing job in the pandemic time to have us ready to play. I think all our guys came back um, in, in really good shape. I think guys were, were ready to play. They were they were fit and healthy and um, obviously kind of nothing too crazy injuries-wise. Obviously, Ed did his, his knee in that last game, but um, yeah, they did a, a pretty good job overall. So they'll have us have us ready to go, but um, yeah, it's it's a it's a weird time, I guess. So as you uh, look back, you know I, I think Jazz fans went to that playoff series honestly with pretty low expectations. But at three one, they obviously had pretty high expectations, and then at four three, they were wildly <laughs> disappointed. It was a total roller coaster. Uh, why do you think it got away? Well, they won more games than I. <laughs> <laughs> no, I won't. I won't give you that one. Um, no, I, I think we. I mean, we were confident. Uh, I think when you're in the playoffs, you, you conf- I mean, you're one of the, the top eight teams in, in your conference or whatever. So, so you're pretty confident going in, kind of regardless. I feel like he, Portland would have been confident going in as an eight seed prior to that. Um, I mean, we, we were confident regardless who we matched up with. Um, I think we, we, we matched up with them fairly well. Obviously, we we got a good lead, and, and uh, I think that whatever game it was, uh, the number, um, we had that lead. And I, I don't think we settled. I don't think we've ever been a team that's kind of just thought we were going to win. I don't think we've, um, since, since I've been here, especially walked into a game assuming that we were going to win. Um, but I think we, we, we probably relaxed a little bit. We were up 15, and, and we were probably a few possessions away from to get down to 20, maybe they shut it down. And if it doesn't, um, they get it to 10. They, they've got... I mean, even in... It was, I think it was like Grant and then Torrey Craig or someone that hit the two threes to get it under 10. So um, it's kind of the people you want shooting rather than Jokic and Murray, but they made them. They got going. And um, obviously after winning that game, being down that, they were they were super, super confident and... Um, uh, I think we went into the rest of those games feeling confident. I think we knew what we had to do, and um, I, I, we didn't. I guess, I guess we didn't do it to, to a high enough level to, to close out. So um, it obviously sucks because, you, you, like you said, being up three-one, you, you'd be fairly confident to, to win one of those kind of last three games. But but we didn't, and um, like I said before, it's it's stuff that now we, we look and learn, and we, we, we've got to got to make sure we're better. Um, in certain situations next year to, to, to not have that happen again because it, it sucks coming coming home early. I don't know if you heard, but after Game 7 lost, Donovan addressed the media in the Zoom press conference, and it was one of the better media sessions following a very uh, – heartbreaking loss in terms of that conviction of this won't happen again, we'll get better and all that. Uh, did you hear it? And But even if you didn't, uh, what the – thought about his conviction to improve individually and as a team yeah i mean uh, it probably sounds stupid but you don't really have a choice it's what we it's what we do it's what we love to do um we obviously are in a in an unbelievably fortunate position what we make money wise and we can spend the time on our on our bodies and our and our game and, and all that to, to keep getting better and um i think i mean you guys know and, and fans that have kind of watched closely enough that 
the development of, of guys that have come here and, and spent a few years here is, has been pretty un- unbelievable. Um, you've got undrafted guys. You've got guys that were, were late first round. You've got guys in second round. Like Every year there's um, improvement, and that's a credit, obviously, to, to, to Quinn and, and the coaching staff, but also... Um, wanting to do it, for, for wanting to get better, for wanting to improve, and um, yeah, I mean it's it's what we have to do. It's um, you, you have to get better individually. I think I think as a as a as a basketball player, as a competitor, you, everybody wants to do that. Um, and then obviously as as a team, you, you want to keep getting better as a group. I think. Obviously, we didn't have have Boyan, but I think as a as a group, we we started kind of playing a little bit better together. We we figured out um, different things. We, we obviously Mike kind of got himself going a little bit. So I think it's it is exciting because you, you throw Boyan back into what we were doing, and and obviously up three one, and um, uh, very aware that we we lost that series. But to have that lead against another good team and still not have one of your I think what are the average. 20 points a game, it, it does make it a little bit different. So, um, I mean, being with the Jazz for, for however long now I've, I've been here, I, I know they're committed to, to getting better and the team getting better. And um, like I said, we, we don't have a choice. It's, it's what we need to do if we want to keep um, keep improving and, and winning. That's what we're uh, at the end of the day. It's what we're all here to do is to, to win games. So, Joe, you have added a lot of different things to your game over the years. You're going to turn 33 here in a couple weeks. You know, you're you're not an age where you're going to run did you, faster. Did you look that up? Did you look that up this morning? Uh, David Locke mentioned it, and I did look it up to make sure he was right and he was spot on. Uh, <laughs> so, of course, David. Of course, he did. Right? Uh, I got it from him. But you know, you're not going to run fast. You're not going to jump higher. But you can still get more skilled. And I'm thinking as the game evolves, and everybody needs to complement whatever you know can make their teammates better, especially someone who's as gifted as Donovan. And I'm thinking, you're already an excellent three-point shooter, so bring this up with Quinn. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to speak this into existence in the universe, Joe. I think that whole logo Lillard, the Steph Curry 30-35 footer, you need to work on that. It spreads the floor even more. Defense has already proven they're not leaving you. They're sticking with you wherever you go, and whatever else happens, happens. So you might as well drag them 35 feet from the hoop. Make them respect you, Joe. Start draining that shot. What do you think? Uh, I, I've stood in that spot before. I know You've probably stood in that spot. It's a long, long way to throw the ball. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I, I, I mean, it's Obviously, I'm very well aware of, of who I am as a player and, and what I can improve on and, and what I, I not not can't, but what it, what it, like you said, I'm not going to be sprinting any quicker. I'm probably not going to jump any higher, but um, uh, I think overall, skill-wise, I can obviously keep improving. Um, I'm going to try some new things out this off-season with some different workouts and stuff and, and see if it um, will, will, I don't know, help, help my body. Um, I think as, as, kind of sounds stupid because I have played however many kind of consecutive games but I you, as the season goes on you have little niggles you have sore spots you, you have little things here and there and and one of mine is, is my knees like tendonitis in my knees and so I think I've always been able to deal with it and and, and stay on top of it but I think um, trying some different things I, I can probably get rid of it completely so little things like that um, obviously on court I, I, I still believe um like you said, I, I believe I'm a good shooter. Um, 
I do want to shoot even more consistently. I don't want to have the games where you go like one for five. I want to be be consistent that, that when I get a good look that I, I'm, I'm obviously confident enough to make it, but, but I know in my mind that it, it's going to go in. And, um, and, and defensively, I think defensively you, you want to just keep keep getting better at little things, staying in front of guys. Um, obviously with, with Rudy and, and doing what he does down there, you, you want to, um, you want to help him. You want to make it easier for, for Donovan. You want to make it for all these guys um, or, or kind of the, the superstars, the, the main guys in our team, but you want to make it easier for them. So um, I haven't sat down with, with Quinn or anything yet, but, but I will at some point and, and see what he thinks. And um, yeah, just blend all these different things in. But um, I feel really confident going to my right now, which which I wasn't kind of like you said, going into last off season. Um, Obviously, I'll keep working on that. But, yeah, there's, there's a lot of little things um, basketball-wise and, and body-wise. And then, um, like I said, obviously, I'll speak to, to Quinn as well and, and get his perspective on it and, and have no doubt. Like, I, I'm very confident and um, believe that I can come back better than I was this year as well. With a wife who's expecting a child, I assume you're going to be playing it close to the home and you're not going to be traveling as much. So... Uh, you won't be going down to Australia. I don't know, maybe you are, but I don't think you are. So you'll be here for the entire time. Will that help with your off-season training? Definitely. Um, I talked about that with Renee. She probably talked to, to, to me about it, actually. But um, uh, just that, that consistency um, to, to not be on a plane, not trying to get a, like trying to find a gym, trying to find someone to rebound for you or work out with, got, like trying to play one-on-one or five on Obviously, Melbourne is a bit easier because you, you know, I do have a bit more of a routine I can get. But to, to, to be able to stay here and not not to any interest of you guys, but how comfortable our children are and Miller's kind of completely coming out of her shell from this kind of little shy girl. And and a part of it, I think, is the the. Extremely confident and comfortable at her school that she's at. Jacob's therapy is going off the charts, and, and his development's just been been unreal. So, um, a part of it is that the, the kids and how happy they are, and, and obviously Renee's 29 weeks um, yesterday, so that's kind of coming up pretty quick. And, and then, yeah, just the, the no travel, the consistency for, for me to be able to drive down to, to um, Zion's Bank Arena or whatever it's called, and um, and work out and just be in a routine. It, it makes it a lot easier. So I'm, I'm very confident. Um, like I said, that that I can can improve and improve at a at a high level because I am going to be here and be in a, a really good routine. So it seems pretty clear here that you're adjusting your priorities. You are going to retire to Utah, and you're going to kick PK and off there and take over our show, aren't you? I mean, I've I've always planned and wanted to only play for the Jazz and, and retire here. Obviously, part of that is not up to me. Um, a part of that is, is obviously out of my control, being a, a player and not a GM or, or president, or I don't actually know who really makes decisions or whatever. I guess it's a, them together or the organisation, whatever, or Queen if he doesn't want me. Um, but no, I've always, obviously, I've always, I've always wanted to stay here. I, I don't plan or, or want to go anywhere. And like I said, um, we're very comfortable here. The, the kids are, like I said, um, you can keep your jobs because when I retire, we're, we're going back to Australia. But, um, yeah, there's, there's there's no plan to leave, but obviously I'm 
but also in the back of your mind, you're very well aware of the business of the NBA. Well, this coming weeks, Joe, if you re- rebound for me, I'll rebound for you. <laughs> that'll be fine. Thanks. <laughs> I'll be shooting one shot every 10 minutes. You do Think. Well, you know, with me, you just have to stand under the bucket and just get it out of the net and throw it back to me. You don't really need to rebound. Uh, I, I believe so, yeah. I'll believe that when I think, say it. Think of all the conditioning work you'd get, chasing down all those balls as they go to this <laughs> wall and that wall and then the far end of the court. And That's all it would be. I'd be I would be fit. <laughs> I was a sharpshooter in the day, Joe. You should have seen me at your age. Yeah, in 1921 when there was no three-point line. <laughs> in, the, in the last pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get on the line right now. We'll run some suicides and see who can get better. Uh, if you want to get some, some money put up and, and put it towards our, our, our charity or whatever, I'll, I'll kind of say what I was going to say on, on, on the air. But <laughs> if you want to get that up and going, I'll happily meet you somewhere. <laughs> Uh, okay, give me about six months to get in shape. <laughs> you need more than that, buddy. <laughs> so our producer, Jake Hatch, shared a couple of interesting stats with us. He's very into the podcasting, and he uh, does some stuff in addition to his radio job here. And so he's checking the numbers, and he tells us that we are off the charts, not only among basketball and sports podcasts in Australia, but just overall – and he attributes it to everyone downloading your weekly visits with us. That so you are you are turning us into international stars. Are in you Australia. only just starting to realize this now? <laughs> yes, I am. As a matter of fact, I've been telling you this since the first show I came on. The only reason you guys are who you are is because of me. <laughs> okay, so here's did, the... he, did Jake also tell you about his COVID test he had to do? Uh, I know he's doing one. Uh, I didn't get any details on it. He texted me yesterday and said, or whatever day he did it, um, and said it was, now he knows what I was talking about on the radio, of how bad it is, because he had to go through it. Yep. So, yeah. As much as everyone said I was soft and whatever, and even Renee was like, it's not that bad. I was like, uh, just wait. He, he 100% agreed with me. So. You you told me, and Bowler too, you both said it was so awful. And when I had to have one a few months ago, I was prepared for you know them to, I don't know, chop off the top of my skull a, and scrape there's a, everything. There's a different, le- there's, there's different tests, though. That's the thing. The one, the one where they, like, barely tickle your nose. No, nope, like no, I didn't have that one. There's one with, like, um, the, the swabs with, like, mm-hmm. that look like the ear cleaner thing, like yep. the, the co- cotton on the end. Yeah. If you get if they pull out the ones with plastic on them, that's when you're in trouble. Yeah, that's where the one that's touching the top of your brain. <laughs> okay, well here's the other thing Jake told us, and I don't know how you explain this, but it turns out we're really big in Mongolia too. The downloads in Mongolia off the charts. Now you can't take credit I'm for that. Worldwide. <laughs> I'm worldwide. Played in Europe. I'm Australian. I'm obviously the biggest radio star in Utah. Um, it, I mean, no, nothing surprises you if I'm involved. <laughs> My podcast Jeez, blew up. Man. You should see the numbers we had. This guy's head getting so podcast. big. <laughs> Joe, probably, I'm so glad I discovered like you. Right now, don't I? Let me yeah. let me just backtrack to the quiet little kid who got dragged in from the Clippers and was on a non-guaranteed. <laughs> <laughs> 
Speaking of a quiet little kid, when 9-11 hit, you were down in Australia. How much do you remember at at that time? I actually, pretty crazy, because I always wanted to go to America as a kid kind of thing. You you see it on whatever show, and I always wanted to go. Um, My parents were divorced, so I was was with my mum, and I'd gotten up for school, which obviously is, kind of first thing in the morning there was kind of late afternoon or whatever here. Um, and when in it, like it was old school TV, I had to go and actually push the button on the TV to turn it on or whatever. And I remember that. Yeah, there was like, it was on every channel. Um, same as here. Like you have news shows on in the morning or whatever. Um, it was on every single channel and I was just like watching it. Like, I mean, it was, it was shocking. Obviously and that was, I, mean, I don't know how, how old I was then, but, Young, but it was like a shocking event for a, a little kid, and I'm like, oh, "This is the country I wanted to to go and visit. Like, am I still? I think I remember my mum and dad. Like, can I still go and visit? Like, can we can we still go one day? And um, obviously, long down the track later, I've I'm living here now. But yeah, I, I remember. Like, I remember, I remember the living room I was sitting in. I remember the chair. I remember how the TV was set up. I I, I remember it like it was yesterday. I think a lot of people do. Everybody who's uh, your age and older, I think, uh, remembers it really well. Yeah, it's uh, obviously a really, really sad time. So, um, thankful for for everyone that has uh, has played their part, and um, I mean, hopefully, it never happens again. Really. Yeah. Well, Joe, we appreciate a, a few minutes since you're going to be here in the off season. You, of course. Have an open invitation anytime you'd like to join us and talk about basketball or anything it's my random. Show. You'll have an open invitation for when <laughs> I feel like coming okay. on. All right. Well, when Yacht gets that 14 foot long Q tip out of his brain, we'll have him call you and reschedule you, okay? Sure. I'll be here. So if anything breaking news happens, let me know. If I get traded or something, make sure we uh, report it on here first before Woj gets it. <laughs> okay, yeah. Okay, there you go. <laughs> Deny Woj. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Joe. No worries, guys. Have a good day. All right, there's Joe Ingles. Joe Ingles joined us right here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. He took that question seriously. I was I was screwing around about the retire in Utah and take our jobs, but he's always alert to you never know what's going to happen in the NBA, PK. You never know. Yeah, he did take it seriously, uh, but, uh, you know, he has a reflection. It's a cool story because of – it wasn't a, a guarantee and a lock that he was going to be in the NBA. So here we are. I think he what just finished his, his sixth season, and he still has the gratitude of being able to be where he is and doesn't take it for granted. DJ and PK, we are talking BYU football with Brian Keel next. Stay with us. Take the zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of the zone as well as podcast editions of every show. From Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo, wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network.
DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Time to talk BYU football with the former Cougar, the former NFL player, now the BYU TV broadcaster, Brian Keel. Brian, good morning. Good morning, fellas. How you doing? Good. It's the question everyone with any link to BYU must be asked first. Did you see that coming? <laughs> Honestly, no, I did not. I was, uh, I think, surprised as anybody. I just, uh, I just hoped we... We escaped out of there with a W. Um, I, you know, I thought Navy was going to be really good. I think everybody did. They were top twenty team last year. They've been good for several years, and um, you know, I, I thought it was going to be a hard fought win. Uh, so definitely surprised. One of the reasons I'm attributing it to how the reason why they look so good is now you've got offensive coaches who've been there for three years, and you've got players who've played a lot over the three years because they've gone through a bunch of changes, particularly on the offensive side, and now that that continuity is there, I think it's been extremely important. Important. Did you see that? Yeah, I think, I think it's kind of what we've been talking about and hoping for. Um, you get a couple years of that going and, and kind of uh, that forward momentum. And to kind of use that, and it was really nice to see that play out kind of as we, we envisioned all off season, see it play out on the field um, just really wonderfully. I, I mean, it was, it was about as good of a game as I've seen out of them, and I can't even remember. I don't, I don't know. I mean, it was, it was just absolutely every facet of the game, offense, defense, special teams, it just it all came together. And, and, yeah, I think it was just that fulfillment of the continuity, you know, some veteran players and, and I think also just some hunger. Um, when you, when you, when you don't know if you're going to have a season and, and you have this fantastic killer schedule and it gets ripped away from you and you spend time practicing, not knowing if you're even going to play and then you get a chance to play. Um, I think they just, I think it showed that they were just happy and hungry to be out there and, and they just were going to kill whoever was on the other side of the line. So the offensive line was awesome. How much of that do you uh, put on Navy hadn't been hitting, and how much of that is the offensive line is awesome? I think it's twofold. I mean, for, for the offensive line to roll a team like that, I mean, you always have to weigh who's on the other side. And obviously Navy's been a great program, um, and they've, they've been a very good football, good football team, but – the, the 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 athlete that they have it, it's just different you know being a, a service academy um, it's just a different athlete that they have and they're typically they're typically smaller um, you know they they don't have the big hogs like some other teams have and so you absolutely have to weigh that in the context of it I mean um, you know when 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 BYU went and beat Wisconsin and outphysicaled them that was an instance where it was like wow you know, because they're Wisconsin. Um, for, for BYU's offensive line to absolutely roll Navy, which they did, they absolutely rolled them. Um, it is impressive, but it's you, you definitely have to put some context there. And um, I, and that's the thing with this schedule this year. I mean, I, mean, I expect BYU to win every game. I don't know if they will. I expect them to. And I, it, I it's too bad because that schedule that they originally had, you know, would to, to really gauge how good they are, um, I don't know that we'll find that out with their their the, at least the, the slate of games that they have right now. I don't know that we'll find out how good they really are. 
So are we having a changing of the guard here, and this Kafusi kid is now the best BYU linebacker to come out of Brighton High School? <laughs> I <laughs> I hope so. That'd be great. <laughs> He's such a stud. I actually went and watched him with him about three weeks ago, and um, and you know we we we, we I, was, I spent a couple hours down there, and we we watched film. We worked on some drills and. Um, just, just a super, super good kid. He's, he's just everything you want. You know, he's, he's respectful, and polite, smart, hardworking. Um, just you know, the prototypical leader that you would like. And 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 it touches my heart to see you know a fellow Bengal do so well. And and he had played a phenomenal game. And I'm so excited for him. And I just hope he just keeps rising. So is this the real deal with Brighton here? I know the first three opponents were winless after three weeks, so it's kind of hard to gauge. And I know it's an odd year for high schools too, but there was a time when Brighton was all of that. Are they back? I hope so. You know, it's funny. Um, so after the game, uh, Simi Fajoko tweeted, you know, something about about BYU, um, just con- con- congratulatory. And then, uh, you know, Brighton alum Simi Fajoko, for those who don't know, star receiver went to Stanford. He's at Stanford now. Um, from Brighton, and then um, Reno Mahe tweeted back at him, um, you know, hey, just kind of ribbing him, like, hey, it's not too late to transfer, um, just kind of teasing him, and uh, and then so I, you know, I joined in, and anyway, I I tweeted that, pointed that out to them, you know, hey, Brighton's rolling right now, and, and you know, they love to see it, I love to see it, and you know, it's it's great to see your former program do well, and there were there's been a time, they, they, like you said, they were the real deal back in the day for years and for decades, and the last many years they've been kind of embarrassing. So yeah, I, I hope they are back, and and any alumnus wants to see that. Ohio State coach uh, tweeted out, "Our guys want to know why we're not playing." If, if you were a player. How would you be able to deal with this situation and not playing right now? I, I can't even I can't even fathom it to, to tell you the truth. Um, uh, honestly, you know, there's there's I, when I talk to people, I played with um, with all sorts of different characters, you know, at, at every level. And, and and one thing I point out is not everybody loves football the same. Even in the NFL, there's a lot of guys that. Um, they just kind of do it because they're good at it and they make, they make a lot of money doing it, but they don't necessarily love it. I was one of those guys. I, I just, I, I, love, I still, I just absolutely love the game. I, I, I love practice. I love just everything about it. And not everybody's like that. Everybody's different. And, and so for me personally, if I was going through this right now, I mean, I'd be devastated. Um, not just, just missing the games, missing practice, missing being with the guys. Um, it would be really really hard for me because it's just it's such a big part of my life even now um being six seven years removed from the league um you know when fall rolls around it's like there's something missing in my life and i still it's like my body you know just mentally wants to play football um so my my heart breaks for these kids i i i don't think enough people understand how important and how big of a part of of their lives this is and i i hope that more uh, attention and concern can go into that for these for these young kids because it, it really is it's, it's an important part of their life. That surprises me that you say that uh, NFL players don't necessarily love the game because one thing I'd always heard was, you know, there are basketball players who play because they're tall. Uh, Greg Ostertag would be the local example. You know, he didn't have a passion for it, but he was good at it. But I'd always heard that the sacrifice was so great. Uh, you know, physically, you just can get so beaten up. The NFL players really did love it. We're all in, but that's not true. 
No, I, I think the percentage is definitely higher than, than other sports for the reasons that you decided. But um, there are there are, it, it's not and when I say that it's not like there's lots of guys, but there are definitely guys, and some of them are really good, like superstar Pro Bowl players um, that don't really love it. They're just good at it and they do it. And um, it, it was always whenever you came across one of those, it was always really surprising. And it's very contrasting to me because it was just to me, I just eat, sleep, drink, love absolutely at the door of the game. So, so you talk about how BYU won't get the true test that it would have gotten with the other schedule that they had anticipated to play, and it's obvious. But even with that in mind, I think this is an important year for the coaching staff, Kalani Sataki, because you know he had the good season the first year but that was with broncos guys and then four nine and two seven and sixes and they haven't really distinguished themselves so with that as an understanding as a backdrop how important is this season to put together it's just whether they just play eight games or they add more to to win a big high percentage of them yeah there's there's a lot of different storylines playing that and it's it's great that they're playing right now and they're one of the only teams not the only team in the West that is playing. And so that's unique. They have uh, an opportunity, and it was great for them to showcase on Monday Night Football on ESPN, you know, in, a, in front of a national audience and just to showcase the program. Um, we've been kind of left in the dust um, in terms of recruiting over the last decade. And so that's one area. For us to improve, we have to improve our recruiting. And for us to perform like that on a national stage, um, Duran Gray, he tweeted out, uh, he, you know, he said his first exposure to BYU was as a high school player, seeing them on ESPN. And then, you know, he obviously came to BYU and was one of the best DBs we've ever had. And um, if I'm not mistaken, I think he's the last DB that got that got drafted from BYU. Um, but anyway, he, he he pointed that out, and 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 that's a great point. You know, for for teams that are playing right now, it's a great opportunity for exposure for brands. Um, to get your name out there because other programs aren't, especially here in the West. And so for BYU to do really well, there's kids who wouldn't have been paying attention, but now they will see BYU and maybe, you know, it, it becomes an option for them in recruiting. So that helps us. It helps this coaching staff. And even though it's a lighter schedule, obviously, um, you know, if they can win all these games, that makes a statement. I don't know what's going to happen with bowls and with if there's New Year's Six bowls this year. I, who knows what even all that looks like. But, you know, if they run the table – which they absolutely can, and they're able to get into one of those bowls and then play a good team. And there's just so much that they can accomplish this year. I'm glad that they figured it out and they fought and that they got it organized and they're able to play. And now it's, it's go take care of business, and this can really help the program going forward. So is this kind of a one-off with all the talent in the offensive line, or is this kind of reconnecting to BYU's past and you think there can be a series of offensive linemen coming through of NFL capabilities and can dominate at the college level? Or is it really just subject to the whims of uh, who's available in some years and decades? There's more kids in BYU's uh, recruiting area that are available, and, and others there's just less. Yeah, so I think it can be. So if you look historically, there's there's been like certain position groups that BYU has historically produced. And so like you mentioned, Isaiah, like linebacker has – in the last 20 years, I don't know that there's been a position group that's put out, you know, more talent than linebacker. Um, it's just been one guy after the next after the next. And so that's been, that's been a great position. But, um, you know, that's recently. If you look at other positions, it, there hasn't really been a consistency other than, like, maybe tight end. 
Um, tight end's been been really good. But if you go back to BYU's heyday in the 80s and 90s, you know, offensive line was just was always there. Like they were just they were just hogs, and tons of them went to the NFL. And they just kept coming, you know, each year. And, and that was a big part of why they were so good. And so if, you know, I don't know that they can get back to that, but this is a step in the right direction. And, and for them to dominate like they did, you know, that attracts other kids. And, and so it just all feeds into itself. But for, for BYU to return to consistent high-level play, it all starts in the trenches. And so that was great to see. And hopefully they can, can build on that. And it can be a, a re- renewing theme each year. I don't know if you saw, but what did you think of the pregame social activism by the NFL in their first game? I did see it, and I thought it was honestly, I thought it was the probably the perfect amount. Um, I think the NBA has gone just over the top, and it's just too much in your face, and just they've just they've pushed it, they've kind of shoved it down people's throats, in my opinion. Um, and I think they went too much. I thought the NFL really walked the line perfectly of, of addressing it because it's important and it needs to be addressed and it's, it is the center stage in our country right now. But then they also didn't overplay it and overhype it and put too much emphasis into it and distract from the game. And so I was just absolutely pleased with the, the way they did it and I thought everything that they did was perfect. Um, it was, I was just really, really impressed and, and, glad that, that I thought it turned out just fantastic. The Miami Dolphins are staying in the locker room, and I think that while symbols and words are certainly important, there's been a lot of symbolism and a lot of words, and that can be divisive. My personal experience is if you're doing the work, really different people can come together pretty quickly and pretty easily. Do you think individuals and teams are really going to do the work? I hope so. I hope, I hope this time – there's change. Um, it was funny. Like I was walking yesterday and just some random stranger sees me and he says, Hey, what's your name? And I, I, I thought he was going to say something about football or whatever. It, it had nothing to do with that. He just saw me, a black man walking and he wanted to tell me he appreciated me and he's in the fight with me. And I kind of chuckled just at the conversation, but he was genuine. He was sincere. And he said he's from the South. And you know, I sat and I talked to him for five minutes. And anyway, one of the things that I said to him, and he was a nice guy. And, and I, I, so the point is, if you look at everything that's gone on in our country right now, um, it is on the forefront. And there's, there's change that needs to happen. And, and this is what I said to this gentleman yesterday. I said, I hope that we make the policy changes that actually affect and improve people's lives. And there's too much, like, yeah, symbols are great, hashtags are great, billboards and signs and posters and names on helmets and all that crap's great, but it's only crap if it doesn't make improvements. If we don't actually change the policies and the policing and the rules and the enforcement and the laws that actually improve people's lives and that bring equality. And so I hope I hope that that will be done. I hope that people who have I don't have a big platform. I, I know who I am. Um, but LeBron James, you know, guys like that, they have huge platforms. And I hope that they they focus their attention not just on on platitudes and on on phrases, but on on actual change, on Im- implementing rules and policies and procedures and raising the bar in terms of who can get on the police force and and changing you know corrupt getting corrupt cops out of there and corrupt union bosses and and corrupt judges and just there's so many things that change can't be made 
And that's what we need to focus on. I, I don't know that it will happen, but I hope that it does. Brian, we appreciate the time. We'll all be watching uh, to see what the Cougars do when they get back at it against uh, Army. Looking forward to that game. Thanks a lot. Thank you, guys. Always a pleasure. Have a good weekend. DJ and PK brought to you in part by Larry H. Miller, Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram in Sandy. Find your deals online at LHMDeals.com. And it's all over almost here. Don't go nowhere. Let's go. The Big Show. It's a big deal. With Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. I don't know whether BYU would have beat Utah or not. No one will ever know that. But all I know is that they're capable of playing extremely well. That's what we saw last night. A team that was darn near flawless. And if they can play like that every week, I think they would give every opponent, even their original schedule, a really good game. Absolutely, because they're good up front on both sides of the ball. Can you imagine watching that offensive line that we saw play last night for BYU going up against an inexperienced yet, I'm sure, talented defensive line for Utah? It would have been a battle, man. It would have been awesome. And that defensive line for BYU try to stop Utah's run? Yeah, it would have been great. The Big Show, weekdays from 2 to 7 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Time for your feedback. Everything you think about today's show. <laughs> BK, we had the uh, we had the poll, you know, are you in or are you out on the start of the uh, NFL season? We got 783 votes, 65%. I'm in. 35%. I'm out. How many of the 35 you think we're already out? Uh, 16.3. <laughs> Uh, Luke says Mahomes is one of the very few in sport. You have to watch every chance you get just to see what he'll do. I would agree. Steven is, uh, there's some, there's a comment about the, uh, the politics and that, and there's some back and forth. And Steven said that stuff is very easy to ignore. Turn on the game after the kickoff. You know, I didn't see what they did before the kickoff. I had to go find it on social media because I was watching the Rockets and the Lakers and missed the start of it. I watched it. Yeah, well, like Keel said, though, and, and hold on, uh, I have to have a precursor, a warning, this may ruin somebody's day, that he thought that the NBA stuff was over the top because it's hard to ignore that, particularly when the announcers are talking about it during the game. So, yeah, you can turn on the kickoff of miss the pregame, but and I don't know how the NFL will be going forward, but in the NBA, we've heard it. During the contest, the actual competition, and obviously you can see it with the jersey stuff and the BLM thing there. And if that's not your thing, that's much harder. And Keel pointed that out, a jamming it down your throat. And I realize I might ruin somebody's day by saying that. You, you know, opinions and free speech are nice as long as you don't ruin somebody's day. I think that the NBA players, or the NBA players, the NFL players saw what the NBA players did. To what degree did they think that was too much, so they chose to do it different? To what degree do you just want to put your own stamp on things so you won't do exactly what they do? But i got to figure the NBA played into the NFL. I mean, athletes are largely sports fans. You know, they watch. (laughs) You know, NFL players are watching the NBA playoffs. So, 
Uh, that's it. There lots of other comments. We're about out of time here. RJ, when did racism become political? Jordan, I backed Cap, so I'm all in. I can't wait. Nick, well, check it out. But I'm more interested in the NBA playoffs. And last night, there was literally every whatever you wanted, every sport was going. I mean, there was USS, U.S. Open uh, tennis going on. There was WNBA. There was NBA. There was uh, NHL playoffs. Conference, they're in the conference finals now. Major League Baseball had a busy schedule. Wasn't Pac-12 football, though. There it is. And I don't like it. <laughs> There's so many things going on. You found the one that wasn't. I was talking pros, but you got it. But there was no, I, 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 there was no I, SEC no, right. football I, I get last your point. Night. Yeah. It's like we didn't have it for months, so now we, we said, well, when they start up, everybody's going to be going at once, and here we are. You know, everybody's going yeah. at once. I mean, it's not literally last night that I'm upset that there wasn't Pac-12 football, or, or not necessarily upset. Well, Saturday. But Saturday is when you'll miss it, because that would have been it. a day. And I miss it. I miss it now. I'll miss it Saturday. I miss it. I just miss it. DJ and PK, we're out of here. Hands and Scotty are coming up next. Party time! You have a great weekend, okay, buddy?